No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. I wish that I could fly into the sky. Lunchtime edition here at WABC. It's 45 minutes of rip and read and commentary. Save all your phone calls for the weekend where I doubled up on the amount of time I normally do because uh, everybody was bailing out. And uh, WABC stands for Always Broadcasting Curtis. So let's get down to it. We were like two uh, scorpions in a brandy glass this morning at 7.05, Lou. As once again, your pal from the Rockaways, Sid Rosenberg, was defending the Swagger Man with no plan, Eric Adams. Who, by the way, was invited to uh, join Sid in that Christmas light extravaganza by a guy named Joe Murray. Is that his name? Murray, whatever. Who didn't even invite me. By the way, um... Hey, Joe out there in the Irish uh, Riviera, you know, I won the Rockaways in the mayoral election. But again, you didn't want to offend Eric Adams, did you? That's why you didn't invite me. People were asking, where's Curtis? Where's Curtis? Oh, we don't want to offend, the, uh, you know, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. But then again, you would think Eric Adams would be focused on priority number one, law and order, public safety. He's not. In fact, he's going to be flying away, ladies and gentlemen. The chutzpah, the Webels, the coulions. Front page, today's New York Post, fright train, felonies in subways up by 40%. This since he and Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb in advance of the November 8th election tried to flood the subways with uniformed police officers to give you the impression that they were actually concerned about your welfare. Well, if they did flood the subways, I got to tell you, I haven't seen it, and I'm in the subways every day. But for those who have seen the cops, understand this. Even with the additional cops there earning triple overtime, triple overtime, platinum time, felonies in the subways were up by 40%. Front page headlines of the New York Post. So if you happen to be the mayor of New York, Eric Adams, who was elected as the law and order candidate, 22 years experience as a cop. He was a house mouse. You would say, my God, my first year in office. And things are actually worse in the matters of crimes being committed in the streets, in the stores, with the shoplifting and the boosting in the subways, the parks, and the schools than they ever were, believe it or not, in any one month of the eight years. I can't, I can't believe I'm saying it, Lou of Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, who single-handedly destroyed this city that we love. Actually worse as we approach uh, January 1st. But uh, let me just say it's not just in the matter 
of the subways in which there's been no improvement but a continuation of the crime, of the pervs, of the assaults, of the attacks, of the stabbings, of the slashings, so much so that people are saying, I'm never taking the subways. I can't take the subways. It's just not safe. Which leads on a day like today, 50% of the office buildings in Manhattan are empty. Why are they empty? Predominantly female workers, without which the engine of the economy cannot push forward. Without the women going to the restaurants and the bars after work, it grinds to a halt. And naturally, if you're concerned with nightlife, as the mayor of the city of New York is, you know, as you know, the swagger man with no plan spends all of his time at Club Zero Bond, where whatever happens in Club Zero Bond stays in Zero Bond. Without women in nightlife, you're not going to attract the men. So, again, if you don't deal with the basics of resolving crime, the city cannot return. But forget Manhattan for a second. Let's go to the outer boroughs. Let's go to an area that did elect Eric Adams overwhelmingly because in that area his complexion was his protection. And I knew more about this area than he did because he was from uh, Queens originally and Brooklyn. He knew nothing about the Bronx. I made my bones in the Bronx starting the Guardian Angels in February of 1979. I spent so much time in the Edenwall projects up on Gun Hill Road not far from Co-op City in the New England Thruway. That's the 47th Precinct. Lou, Laconia Avenue, that's a precinct, police precinct, that's right in the projects. Plus, in addition, they have a PSA 8 Housing Police Department headquarters there. That project has more policing than any other public housing project in the city. And yet, listen to what the various mothers have said about letting their kids go outside. They said... We're scared to let our children go outside. Not even our kids are safe here. And you can't keep them inside the house. They have to go outside sometime. It's really sad. One mother just painted it very simply at the Edenwall Housing Projects. The state of New York City is a real tragedy. We see people getting shot every day. Now, what is this in Lua? Because they say this every day. They're saying it to news people because news people went up there when a 14-year-old Bronx girl was struck by stray gunfire, broad daylight, on Thanksgiving, while she was on her way to the grocery store to pick up brown sugar for her family's sweet potato holiday pie. The precinct is right there in the projects. There's a PSA, Housing Police Precinct, right there, even with all those police they cannot protect the people in that project. And Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, he didn't go up there. Hell no. He can't wait to get the hell out of New York City. In fact, he is going to go loot. Now, think of this. You got crime in the streets, crime in the projects, crime in the schools, crime in the parks, and especially crime in the subways. So he has decided he's going to go to Qatar for three days to study the security that's being applied to the World Cup games because in 2026, by the way, that's a year after his four years, at this rate, he may be David Dinkins out, just like his mentor was, who, again, didn't deal with the crime problem. He's assuming he's going to get reelected. But he says, I'm going there to study, study the security provisions provided for the World Cup because, you know, we share responsibility in 2026. And I said, wait a second. I, I read the list of cities. 
that are going to have matches. It's going to take place throughout North America. It's like NAFTA. It's helping candidates throughout the United States. It's in Mexico, cities like Los Angeles. Got it, check. Miami, got it. Okay, Houston, yep, all right, got that. Secaucus, East Rutherford, New Jersey, MetLife Stadium. No Yankee Stadium. They even have, as you know, soccer in the offseason there. No city field. So what the hell does Eric Adams have to do with that if he's lucky enough to get reelected mayor with a 29% approval rating now? Lower than any mayor has ever had in the history of mayoralty. Going back to John Lindsay, going back to Abe Bean, going back to David Dinkins, and even Bill de Blasio in his worst days, and there were many worse days, had a better better than 29% approval rating. So... Lou, I ask you, what is he going to learn? And by the way, this is the question that I have every time I deal with anything about the swagger man with no plan, Eric Adams. Show me the money. Show me the money. That's what it's all about. Hmm. Who's paying for this trip? Who's bringing his entourage out there? Because, you know, every sickle fan, toady and lackey, every deputy mayor... Uh, All of a sudden, he'll have a security entourage of 20. Yeah, they got to protect me from white supremacists. Yeah. Yeah, at Qatar, at World Cup. White supremacists. Oh, my God. And, you know, we're going to get stuck with the bill for this travel. A trip about nonsense. Meantime, you know what he's going to do, Lou, before he takes off for Qatar for three days? Basically to have a vacation and to get wine dined in pocket line by those corrupt Saudis, by the corrupt Qatarians, the corrupt money launderers from Dubai and UAE. Yeah, that's what Dubai is, the money laundering center for the Arabian Peninsula and the Persian Gulf. So what he's going to be is on the stage in Lincoln Center on November 30th, sponsored by the great old lady of the New York Times, that's going to be promoting, guess what, cryptocurrency Ponzi schemes, Bitcoin bandits, and blockchain criminals. And you know who the number one lead speaker is going to be? Sam Bankman-Fried. Never trust anybody with three names. The man who started FTX, who declared bankruptcy, and has absconded with upwards of $32 billion of investment from suckers out there, a million suckers who've invested in that. And there are a whole host of other cryptocurrency Ponzi schemes that are about to implode. And what did the mayor say about all that on Friday since he's been like the number one supporter of cryptocurrency Ponzi scammers, Bitcoin bandits, and blockchain criminals? He tripled down his support. I believe in the new markets and the new currencies, and I'm encouraging my young people to learn about them. We had a a crypto summit um, that was uh, partnered with the owners of um, the New York Nets, uh, where we brought young people in to learn about these industries. These industries are not going to go away because they reach low points. This is an industry that we must embrace, and I'm looking to further leaning into uh, blockchain and other technologies. Yes, my, my money's already there. I took my first three paychecks. His first three paychecks in Bitcoin. Hasn't taken any paychecks uh, since in Bitcoin as it has crashed. Lou, do you know what the nickname of um, Sam Bankman Freed's uh, Bitcoins are? They used to be called Sam Coins when they were greatly desired. Now they're called Scam Coins because that's what they are. It's toxic. You got to ask yourself out there, because they're still trying to lure you into investment. What's the underlying collateral? 
Where are the assets? If you don't get a good answer, what sane lender would have lent against it? But nobody is asking this. As Genesis Global Capital shuts its lending platform, as Binance, Crypto.com shuts their their lending uh, exchanges, it's Michigan, it's a mess. And just think of this. Eric Adams is talking about doing this in schools so that people, young children, can learn the dark arts. In that way, the SEC should be looking at it. You're going to have an interesting kind of back and forth here in terms of whether or not we're teaching our kids to be white-collar criminals, depending on the way that the law wants to look at crypto. But again, the Biden administration is a dollar short and a day late on that. Our mayor, Eric Adams, stepping up and not just one-upping, two-upping, but three-upping with the first three paychecks in Bitcoin. Pay attention to Wednesday before he flies off to Qatar. And who's paying for that, right, Lou? Meantime, we have to constantly remind you about our colleague. These studios are named in the, the honor of a man you knew well, Lou, for many years, and our listeners knew well, a great partner for Sid Rosenberg before he passed into the air after the Bernard McGurk Studios. We will be doing prostate cancer awareness in his honor because, unfortunately, he did not take the simple blood test in time, and he is paying a price for that. And that price he paid was he, they took his life. And we can't tell men out there, more importantly, 40 and and over, you got to get that simple blood test. I waited too long. Rudy Giuliani waited too long. And we suffer the complications of that. Thankfully, we're alive. But Bernard is not. Let me tell you what they did in Australia in the land down under. 2,000 Australians stripped buck naked for skin cancer awareness. I mean, think of that. Melanoma which can be a killer if it's not treated. They called it this the required skin test. It's another cancer, especially you folks who have been out in the sun. You know, those of you who go down to Florida and you're out in the sun and all of a sudden you have the sunspots and then all of a sudden, unfortunately, you're diagnosed with melanoma. But at least they did something. 2,000 people stripping down buck naked for awareness about skin cancer is going to create a lot of awareness. But if we don't keep reminding all of you, especially women out there, especially children and grandchildren, you got to nudge the men in your life because I'm telling you, look at Bernard, look at Rudy, look at me. Three of the toughest guys who have ever existed amongst many tough guys. And the easiest thing to get us to retreat and surrender is just talk about prostate cancer. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to be tested. We think we're going to become inc- incontinent, impotent. We're going to be eunuchs. Make sure the men in your life start getting tested at the age of 40. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. 
This has to become our theme for all the friends of uh, Donald Trump who've been jumping ship here at WABC and swimming in my direction. You know, I was the first never Trumper before 2016 when he ran for the presidency. I was called a rhino, right? Republican in name only, although I tell you all, the fiercest animal in the jungle is the rhino, the rhinoceros. Who, if you go to the watering hole, look at the pecking order. Who drinks first? The rhinoceros, because nobody wants to get gored by a rhinoceros charging at you. Not the elephants, not the lions, none of them. But anyway, so since 2015, I've been labeled by many of these same people who are jumping ship now off the SS Donald Trump, uh, a, uh, a rhino and a never Trumper. In fact, you may have remembered, Lou, when I ran for mayor on the Republican line, I had a primary from a guy named Fernando Mateo, who was a de Blasio Republican. He claimed he was the biggest Trumper. That was his only issue. He had Lieutenant General Flynn campaigning with him. They went throughout the five boroughs. What are you going to do when you met? Doesn't matter. Curtis Lee was a never Trumper. He's a rhino, right? And when I would be asked questions, I would say, yeah, it's absolutely correct. What does that have to do with uh, bringing law and order to the city of New York. And guess what? Most Republicans at that time were hardcore Trumpers. They voted for me, and I crushed Fernando Mateo and Lieutenant General Flynn, 70 to 30 in the primary. So my bona fide is I have been consistent. So, Lou, first to jump off the SS Trump, Congressman Peter King. Oh, now he's an ever Trumper. Next, Bo Dito. You have him on tomorrow, right, Bo Dito? Oh, he'll be railing against Donald Trump. Before that, my best friend for life, Donald Trump. And now we have a new participant on the morning show that has actually caused Sid, who went from being a Hillaryite in 2016 to a Trumper in 2020, has maintained his support for Trump. But after this guy jumped ship, now even Sid Rosenberg is beginning to vacillate. Who is number three? Dove Hiking. Donald Trump tells the American people he wants to be president again. So what does he do to endear himself to the American people? He sits down at Mar-a-Lago and has dinner with two anti-Semites, two Jew haters. Can you believe that? One, Kanye West, and the other guy, Nick Fuentes, Donald Trump is an embarrassment. He has disqualified himself by this behavior and so much of his other behavior. I mean, this is outrageous. This is sickening. Donald Trump, please just forget it. Just forget it, huh? All of a sudden, he was married to Donald Trump. This is like, you know, all of a sudden, you leave. You pack your bags. You leave at night. Hey, what happened to your husband? I don't know. He disappeared. Lou, let's look at the record. When we talk about Kanye West, because I don't think Donald Trump knew who this guy Fuentes was. Little neo-Nazi boy, little uh, Holocaust denier boy. I really don't believe that Donald Trump. Now, obviously, he knew Kanye, and he knows what Kanye has been saying. 
Kanye in 2018 to TMZ, Harvey Levin. Last time I looked, right, Lou? Harvey Levin. He's Jewish and he's gay. Both those groups were sent to the internment camps and were part of the final solution. And yet he gave an interview to TMZ in which Kanye West, a.k.a. Yee, whatever you want to call him today, said, I love Hitler, I love Nazis. You know what happened to that part of the interview? They left it on the cutting room floor. Likewise, when Tucker Carlson did that exclusive interview about Kanye uh, rocking the White Lives Matter uh, shirts, along with Candace Owens at the uh, the Paris Fashion Show, they left that part of it on the cutting room floor. I love Hitler. I love Nazis. He's been saying this consistently since 2018. Remember, at that point, he was involved with the Kardashians, which was a franchise. He went from being a millionaire to a billionaire. And then all of a sudden, when word got out that he loved Hitler and he loved the Nazis, Humpty Dumpty just came falling all apart. And there's nobody who can put Kanye West back together again. Now, Trump sitting down with Kanye West and sitting down with this guy Fuentes is a mistake. Donald Trump is no friend of mine. As you know, ladies and gentlemen, I was the first never-Trumper. I am a rhino. That's what I've been labeled by the Trumpers. But I will tell you this. I've had a love-hate relationship with Donald Trump for 30 years before he became president. Sometimes I agreed with him. A lot of times I disagreed with him. There was Gulf hiking. There was no president in the history of America, who is better to Israel and Jews than Donald Trump. And I could say that as a never-Trumper, as somebody who has been labeled a rhino. Let's look at the track record. 2017, Donald Trump finally does what every candidate for president had promised to do before, Democrat and Republican, but once in office would never do it, actually established Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, recognized that and moved the American embassy from Tel Aviv. He did it. And I will be perfectly honest with you. I was on WABC at that time. I thought that was a mistake. I thought that's going to create Mishigash in the Persian Gulf, the Middle East. There were some riots. There were demonstrations. I said, now you're going to watch. The whole place is going to blow up. Lou, I admitted I was wrong then, and I admit I was wrong now. 2018, right? 2018, remember how, uh, oh, that's right, oh, let's see, when Barack Obama was president, he told Bashir Assad, the butcher of Damascus, you cross that red line, there'll be a hell of a price to pay, we'll put a cruise missile right in your dining room. And Bashir Assad laughed at Barack Obama, laughed at him, and went about doing what he, he felt he had to do, which is destroy all of his dissidents. I'll never forget the time that The president of the United States at that time, Donald Trump, remember he was entertaining President Xi. He's now emperor for life. Back then he was just President Xi of Red China. They were sitting down in Mar-a-Lago and it was time for dessert. And remember Trump said, excuse me, President Xi, enjoy your chocolate cake. I got to go bomb Syria. And President Xi was like, what? And it's exactly what Trump did because we had caught the butcher of Damascus, Bashir Assad, using prohibited chemical agents, and he took out that whole Air Force field of the uh, Syrian Air Force, right? He did it right while President Xi was there, 2018. Would Barack Obama have done that, Joe Biden? No. Then look at 2020, and I didn't think that this would work. 
There was a man, that's right, a Dove Hyken, and the rest of you who jumped ship on Donald Trump, who was the best friend the Jews and Israel ever had. Think back to Bush 41 and Secretary of State Baker. They hated Israel. They sided with the Palestinians. In fact, Secretary of State Baker had his gumada on the side, who was the Palestinian spokeswoman at the time for Yasser Arafat. Do I need to remind uh, Dove Hyken and everybody else? So anyway, Donald Trump learns in 2020, early 2020, that the Iranian general, Suleiman, is planning attacks on Americans and Israel. They had already wounded four U.S. soldiers and killed a U.S. contractor. And Donald Trump put out a hit on General Suleimani. Remember, he got him right side of ba- outside of Baghdad International, International Airport. They came in there and poof! They incinerated him. And everybody said, including me, oh, my God, this is going to create Mishigash in the Persian Gulf and in the Middle East. And, yep, there were demonstrations in Iran. There were demonstrations in the Middle East, even in Iraq, amongst our so-called fair-weather friends, uh, the Sunnis and the uh, Shias and the Kurds in Iraq, right? And yet Donald Trump once again was right for doing that. And I was wrong. And I'll acknowledge it here like I acknowledged it back then because General Soleimani was a threat to Israel with his presence with Hezbollah in Lebanon and in Syria. And then lastly, and this is the one that I laughed at the most, 2020, he sent his son-in-law, Kushner, remember? That's right, you know who my my father-in-law is? It's Donald Trump. I said, come on, you're sending this Pee Wee Herman out to meet with the, the sheikhs and the emirs of the Sunni, the Sunni countries in the Persian Gulf. They're not going to take this guy seriously. Well, guess what? He put together the Abraham Accords. He sat down with the UAE, Dubai, Bahrain. They recognized Israel. Somebody said, oh, that'll never happen. That was me. The Sudan, Morocco, and even the Saudis were listening to Kushner. Boy, I was wrong again. Let me just say, the best friend that Israel ever had, the best friend that Jews ever had, Donald Trump. And that's coming from an ever-Trumper and someone who was like the first person ever to be called a rhino. That's me. And then let's look at uh, recently what Dove Hyken uh, said about me. He called me an anti-Semite. Why did he call me an anti-Semite? Because, Lou, I went to the home of Sheldon Silver, the Hyman Roth. The Meyer Lansky of the corrupt Democratic uh, machine, who originally was the corrupt speaker of the assembly and the shot caller for the Democrats, more powerful than Mario Faccia Bruta Como, King Como I, more powerful than his son when he became governor, Andrew Evilized Como, King Como II. He had been assigned to Otisville upstate, the camp, not the prison, the camp, because he had robbed $4 million from cancer victims. I'll explain that in a second. And all of a sudden, they backdoored him. Friends of Shelly Silver got him out of jail, eight months out of a six-year sentence, and they thought that nobody would find out that he was at his co-op in the Lower East Side. Well, Lou, guess who heard? And guess who went there looking for Shelly and then pressed the button in his co-op apartment and spoke to him over the intercom? Yes, Shelly? Yeah. Yeah, this is Curtis Slee with Shelly. 
I'm just making sure we're supervising to make sure you're in your apartment, Shelly. Yeah. All right, you're not going to go anywhere, right, Shelly? Nope. All right, you, you know, you belong back in jail. You should be in Otisville. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Right? And do you know what happened, Lou, within 24 hours? The whole scam was cold-busted. U.S. Bureau of Prisons transported Shelly Silver back to Otisville, where he eventually ended up dying and going straight to hell without an asbestos suit. And, oh, 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 there was uh, Dove Hyde Curtis is an anti-Semite. Why, why, why? Because I go after Jews and Gentiles together when they're crooks. And then secondarily, did you see the New York Daily News yesterday? The front page story, New York Daily News. They told you how Shelly Silver stole millions of dollars from cancer victims. Uh, A guy uh, who was a doctor in Columbia University would diagnose the patient's And he would say, oh, you know what, you're really suffering badly here, and I'm going to have to send you on. You have mesothelioma, which is a deadly cancer, mostly from uh, asbestos. Mesothelioma. So all of a sudden you have this Dr. Robert Tau steering them to Shelly Silver. Shelly Silver would take all their information and then steer them on to Whites in Luxembourg, who specialized in cancers related to mesothelioma from asbestos. And he would get a take. Millions and millions of dollars were robbed from cancer victims. Well, well what is Dove Hiking going to say about that, huh? So, you know, be consistent. Peter King, Bo Deedle, and now Dove Hiking. You're running away from Donald Trump. Fine. You're finally swimming to the SS, never Trumper, the SS rhino, my tugboat. And there seems to be no room on my boat any longer. I'm not going to let it capsize. So I'm not throwing you guys any life rafts or sending out the lifeboat. But to all of a sudden walk away from Donald Trump because he had a sit down with screwy Kanye West and Fuentes, who almost nobody knew. It's just an excuse to walk away. Not Why not be a real man and just say, I don't want to go down with a sinking ship. I don't think Donald Trump will win the Republican primary. I think DeSantis or somebody else will take him out. I don't want to go down with a sinking ship. So guess what? This is a perfect reason to cut and run. Imagine, Lou, the never-Trumper, right? The rhino is saying this in defense of Donald Trump, again, I'm going to repeat to Dove Hyken and all the fair-weather Jewish friends of Donald Trump. As it was told to me by Howard Love, one of the wealthiest men in the world, used to be a board member of the Guardian Angels, born and raised in Passaic, a proud Jew. And we had discussions. He said, why don't you like Trump? Why aren't you supporting Trump? I said, Howard, there's so many reasons it would take us a month of Sundays to discuss it. He says, if it has anything To him being anti-Jew or an anti-Semite, let me straighten the record out right here. I'm a proud Zionist. I, Howard Lorber, a proud Jew, a proud friend of Donald Trump. And Israel and Jews have no better friend than Donald Trump. Yeah, how about Bush 41 again and Secretary of Baker, right? You you want that? Presidents who actually hated Jews? (laughs) Come on, wake up out there. Dove hiking, huh? Just say you don't want to be on a sinking ship, that's all. Don't accuse him all of a sudden of catering to anti-Semites or even being an anti-Semite because that's not what Donald Trump is. He may be many things, 
but he's certainly not dead. Oh, yeah. He knows New York. He is New York. Cred that the others don't have. Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. You remember, Lou, this song by Daddy Yankee was the biggest reggaeton star from the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico. And this song was culturally appropriated by then John McCain running for the presidency and Sarah Palin. Remember, they were out there on the oil rigs. Drill, baby, drill. Remember that? And actually, Daddy Yankee endorsed them. He crossed over. Hardcore Democrat, supported them as Republicans. And I remember that because the whole idea was that we become energy dependent on nobody but ourselves. And you know what? I can't believe I'm saying this again. Lou, I don't know. Did I get hit in the head? Do I have a concussion? I mean, Trump was right. He made us energy dependent on nobody but our own oil capacity, our own coal capacity, and our own natural gas capacity in the United States. And what did uh, Joe Biden do? He said, we're not going to be pumping any more oil. No, 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 no more, no more. So who did we go to over the weekend? We went to Maduro in Venezuela. Maduro, who was basically the protege of Hugo Chavez and the oppression against all of the people who were opposed to their totalitarian regime. And, you know, in order to sort of create cover for all of that, they had this grand signing in the palace there in Caracas, Maduro and all of his opposition politicians. They called it the Social Protection Agreement. And with that in hand, obviously we were whining, dining, and bribing a lot of people we were supporting against Maduro to do this. Uh, Joe Biden gave Chevron the go-ahead to pump oil in Venezuela, which meant they would pump it, and then they would give it to the subsidiary in Venezuela owned by the government, which here in the United States is called Citco. How many times, Lou, have you stopped at a Citco gas station? All the money went into the pockets of Hugo Chavez and afterwards Maduro. If you happen to be in Newburgh on Broadway, going right on down to the Hudson River, Newburgh and uh, the Mid-Hudson Valley is like the Camden of the Hudson, every gas station is Citco. So when you're filling up at Citco... You're lining the pockets of Maduro and the corrupt Venezuelan regime who is sending thousands of illegal aliens to our country coming in through Texas that we're going to have to subsidize here in New York City to the tune of a billion dollars. Just remember that. But the Biden administration needed cover so that we could get the oil from Venezuela. Now, the history is, and I know this well because my father, Chester, was a merchant seaman for 54 years And for a period of time, he was on the oil tanker called the Gulf Deer. And they would pick up loads of uh, raw petroleum product from the old standard oil uh, firms in in Venezuela. In fact, that was John D. Rockefeller, where he made so much of his wealth in Venezuela. And then they would transport it to Bayonne, which had the other standard oil depot for John D. Rockefeller. And my father said, oh, yeah. You know, Venezuela has more oil than any other country in the Western Hemisphere, more untapped reserves, and it was an easy run. 
from Venezuela right to Bayonne, the gateway to the world, into the Atlantic Ocean, Hudson County, New Jersey, and we'd go back and forth transporting the oil. And then all of a sudden, we put uh, a kibosh on that because of the actions of Hugo Chavez and then eventually his uh, the person who followed, who used to be a bus driver, I might add, in Caracas. He was a Ralph Cramden, Sikofantodi and Lackey, who was elevated to the presidency. And so now, every time you stop at a sitco, no, it's going in the pockets of uh, Maduro. Lou, have you ever stopped at a Luke Oil uh, gas station you know, along the Garden State Parkway on your way to Atlantic City to join Frank Morano shooting craps at the Borgata and losing every nickel, diamond, penny you have? They're all Luke Oils. That money goes right into the pockets of Vladimir Putin. So you would say to yourself, now hold on a second. We're importing oil from these enemy countries where we don't need to do it. I can't imagine. I'm saying this again. Trump was right. We were totally energy dependent on U.S. production, not foreign production. And look at what's happening now. My God, we're actually going to be importing oil in from Venezuela. And you know who their best friends are? The Iranians, the Ayatollahs. That's right, the Iranians, the Ayatollahs. It's almost like it's gone full circle. Full circle. Remember Barack Obama? Remember how he sent pallets full of cash money to try to negotiate uh, a nuclear weapons pack with the Ayatollahs that you know would screw us and the rest of the world? And that money was taken to subsidize Hezbollah and all the Iranian uh, counter uh, agency groups that existed throughout the Middle East and the Persian Gulf. Well, to his credit, Donald Trump never did that. Just remember that. 